I was late on that crack. I was late. Uh, <laughs> Best me crack of the thing. season, bud. <laughs> That's on me. That's on me. Uh, welcome to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast. Only one of us is an actual father. None of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbie Herbock. What up? And Trey Long Stinky Fingers Jose. <laughs> What's happening? That uh, beer crack sounded like my fucking knees in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Just three different pops at different times. Uh, Welcome, welcome in. Uh, If you're new to the show, you can catch us on Twitter at the FF Fathers or Instagram at the FF Fathers. Uh, Got some neat little behind the scenes on our Instagram. uh, So follow us there to check that out. Um, Today, we are going over starts and sits of the week for the first week of the playoffs, week 15. Uh, so should be a good episode. Congratulations if you made the playoffs. Um, you suck if you didn't. No, I'm just kidding. There's always next year. Um, That's what losers say, bro. <laughs> and Cowboys fans. <laughs> hey, sometimes bad luck happens. I was in a league, and we had a guy. He was the second leading scorer in the league and got eliminated from contention like three weeks before the playoffs started. Because he just had the worst luck ever. That's that reminds tough. me, I'm in a league with Jim where he scored, I think, like 200 more points than me, and I'm like six spots ahead of him in the standings. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got a couple couple few leagues like that. But uh, that's why I just play in a ton of leagues. So, you know, I'm bound to make the playoffs in some of them. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's, you know, part of the luck is definitely part of the game. Um, so there's not a whole lot we can do about that. Uh, but starts of the week, man, playoffs are here. The season has flown by. So, uh, it's time to make a run for the ship. Um, I guess let's start with some news headlines uh from today uh i'll just start at the top here raiders running back josh jacobs quad and Devontae adams illness both questionable for the thursday night game um so if you are relying on them keep an eye on that because that's a short week and team not playing for a whole lot so they scored exactly zero points last week. Uh, so, yeah, might not be the best starts this week. They might not yeah. be playing for a whole lot. Sorry, Ty, but I just want to no, say good. this. Antonio Pierce is playing for his, to get a fucking job. So I imagine they're going to try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're, they were even considering making a QB change. It was announced today that Ada O'Connell will stay the starter. But you know it's it's never a good thing when you're talking about going back to uh, from you know rookie quarterback to a terrible quarterback in Jimmy G. Yeah, or the former Patriots third string quarterback Brian Hoyer, who is our third string quarterback. <laughs> That's what he said. It was either between Garoppolo and Brian Hoyer, and I'm like. What fucked up multiverse am I living in as a Raiders fan? For that, <laughs> that is like being said to me right now. Yeah, we're choosing between Garoppolo and Brian Hoyer. Fucking, you want the turd sandwich or the fucking douche? Like that South Park episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's that's tough living there. But uh, even worse for the Chargers, who also play on Thursday night. Justin Herbert out for the season following surgery to repair that broken index finger on his right hand, his throwing hand. So he's done for the season and to pile on Keenan Allen also not playing this Thursday against the Raiders. So uh, not good if you're relying on those two guys. Are we in line for another 3-0 game from the Raiders? Honestly, maybe. Maybe. We're missing offensive weapons, two defenses that can be good if they want to be. Could be a low-scoring game. It could be. I'm really interested interested to see how the Chargers run this offense with obviously their top two pass catchers being down with injury. You got to hear backup quarterback in Easton Stick. But Easton Stick coming out of college was known as a very good runner. I'm interested to see if they have a bunch of plays set up for him in terms of like read option plays to you know help spring this offense a little bit. 
and end up could it, it could very well end up being Austin Eckler's best game of the year. Dude, yeah, this Easton Stick guy, uh, total enigma. I think he's played in the league for four years, and we literally have two games you can look at to see him in. And one is one time when he threw one pass for the Chargers in 2020. Other than that, well, I mean, he, you know, played last week. I mean, what do you expect when you have you know Justin Herbert under center, who until this year is the first time he's really gotten hurt, and he's an absolute stud. So, well, I understand that. Like, what I'm getting at is the fact that there's no tape on this guy. He's been just sitting back, learning and training for four fucking years. Like. He's I been be on the Chargers for all four something. years. Yeah, I, mm, yeah. This is his fifth year. <laughs> yeah, actually, I think he was drafted a year before Herbert. That makes sense. He got drafted in 2019, but there's just nothing available on him, and we've seen it happen quite a few times where a quarterback comes in. There's not really any tape on him, and they just happen to get the one up that week because it's a total question mark as far as like what they have to game plan for. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, out for the seas is Justin Herbert. Tough. Uh, but in other news, Tyreek Hill day to day with an ankle injury. Uh, I'm sure he'll end up playing. Uh, Vikings are making a change at quarterback. Nick Mullins is going to start against the Bengals this week. Uh, with Josh Dobbs backing him up. So. Lot, a lot of changes in the Vikings offense, and Justin Jefferson also told reporters today that he will play versus the Bengals on Saturday. So Justin Jefferson will be out there with uh, Nick Mullins throwing him the rock. Jefferson played like 20% of snaps last week, I believe, against the Raiders. So, yeah, I imagine well, I mean, he's he, good to go. Well, he got hurt again. Oh, shit, I forgot about that. Yep. Yeah, he's de- he's dealing it with it. They're calling it an inner chest bruise. I'm not exactly sure what that means. If it's like on the inside of the ribs kind of situation, like almost like a bruised lung. I don't know what that means, but uh, he's says he's ready to play. I'm sure they'll put some extra padding on there and call it good to go. They are still fighting for a playoff spot. So I believe an inner chest bruise is how he said. That's what he said. An inner chest bruise. Yeah. It's like doctor slang for a broken heart. <laughs> got an inner chest owie uh he'll get over it inner chest owie that's a that's a good one uh i'm the dad of the podcast there's owies are <laughs> uh, frequent in my life <laughs> did, did they ask him do you want the, with an owie <laughs> do you want the spongebob or the spider-man band-aid oh we don't play that shit around here i told him grab the super glue huff some of it and put it on <laughs> You know, I think America. I'm still playing Justin Jefferson, though, uh, even if he's a little banged up. I think we talked about it on our last podcast, but it, it depends on who else is on your roster. But uh, I would say it's more than likely I would be playing Justin Jefferson. I mean, we've yeah. seen Nick Mullins have good good uh, outings and, and also bad outings, but there's potential there for him to just target the shit out of Justin Jefferson uh, over and over again. Yeah, and wouldn't you think at this point Jefferson's gonna want to try to come back with a bit of a vengeance, uh, only be able to play you know a little more than the first quarter essentially uh, in his first game back? I I would expect Jefferson to want to prove a point. Yeah, for sure. I would expect that as well. Um, all right. Any other news before we get into these starts and sits? Nothing I can think of. Yeah, I think that covers it. All right, um, let's start at the quarterback position with our starts of the week. Uh, I'll go ahead and kick us off, I suppose. I'm going to go with Matthew Stafford as my quarterback start of the week. Uh, last week, um, everyone, you know, the, the Rams were a plus seven and a half underdog against the Falcons uh, on a rainy day. Uh, against a really tough defense on the road. And Matt Stafford had a hell of a game. Um, threw for 294 yards and three touchdowns. Um, he has three-plus touchdowns in three straight games uh, with 10 total in that, that time span. 
Uh, this week, though, he plays the Commanders, so much better matchup than the one he had last week. Uh, commanders have allowed the fourth most passing yards, most touchdowns, and second most fantasy points per game to the quarterback position. I think Matt Stafford's a really strong play here in uh, week one versus the Commanders. Uh, aren't the Commanders like the worst against quarterbacks in the league? I know they're like uh, at least bottom five for quarterbacks and receivers. Well, if you were listening, he said the second worst defense against quarterbacks. Oh, second worst. I was yeah, listening, the, but apparently not actually. <laughs> <laughs> the Eagles are, are the worst defense against quarterbacks right now. That's so fucking weird. All right. Uh, should I go next? Yeah, go for it. All right. My quarterback start of the week. Sam Howell. I feel like I've this guy plenty of times. That should be a thing if it's not a thing. If they're not doing that at the games, they're <laughs> fucking up, dude. I would imagine by now. Um, but yeah, Sam Howell. I think I chose him a couple of times before. He's playing the Rams this week. That's my quarterback start of the week. I think it's crazy that on Sleeper, he's still only being started in like 24% of leagues or something. He's quarterback six on the year. He did have a bad game last week. Actually, the last two weeks, didn't score any touchdowns, but we knew what he was doing beforehand. Throwing the ball 40-plus times, garbage game script. The man is just a points machine. And uh, the Rams are not that good against quarterbacks, so I'm rolling with it. All right, we'll see who outduels the other in, in your starts of the week then. Yeah. Uh, All right. We all Sammy. <laughs> Um, I started the week. I'm gonna go with Jared Goff. Um, a lot of fantasy owners out there are probably be looking to kind of move off of Jared Goff um, because in the last four weeks he hasn't been very good. Uh, less than 16 points in every game and has eight turnovers in that stretch. Uh, if you go back to like five or six weeks, I think it's like 13 turnovers. So he's been very, very uh, loose with the ball recently, and he's actually now dropped out of the top 12 uh, in the current in the season rankings. QB 13. But, you know, I'm still a believer in Jared Goff. I know the the Broncos defense is greatly improved from where they started the season. Um, they are actually pretty stingy in recent games, and they've actually moved to the top half of quarterback rankings, uh, at least for defensive-wise, uh, the 14th best in the league. But I think this game kind of sets up right for Goff. One, he's at home. We all know he plays much, much better at home. Um, but there's and then with the Broncos, they still have the fifth worst pressure rate in the league. And if you give Jared Goff time to throw and he's not being harassed, he's going to dice up this defense. So I think Goff, he gets the time he needs this week, destroys this passing defense, and he gives he gets back to QB one status. Yeah, I expect uh, the Lions to come out with a with a fire lit under their ass uh, with Dan Campbell as a head coach. They've they've been kind of stagnant uh, as of late, and uh, I would expect Dan Campbell's on their ass all week in practice, and they come out with with a little bit of a little bit of juice. So I like that start of the week as well. He's not on their ass. He's on their kneecaps, just nibbling. Just <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, my sit of the week at quarterback is going to be Trevor Lawrence, old sunshine, uh, playing the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, it was a surprise last week uh, for most when Lawrence decided to go ahead and play. Um, he suffered a high ankle sprain uh, just six days prior to their to their game against the Browns, um, and he struggled against a tough defense. He threw three picks. Uh, that was the first time he's done that um, uh, this year. Uh, he failed to finish as a top 14 quarterback last week. Uh, you know, Lawrence's fantasy value has uh, kind of been propped by his ability to run and scoring some rushing touchdowns on the ground. But I highly doubt that happens this week against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, tough defense, plus he's got the high ankle sprain still, which we know those those linger for, you know, some guys miss multiple weeks uh, without playing at all. So it's going to be painful for him, and, and I'm sure limit him uh, on the ground. 
Um, Ravens have allowed the fewest touchdowns and fourth fewest fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. Um, you know, I, I imagine there's some people out there that don't have a better option. Uh, but if you're able to pick up someone like, uh, Brock Purdy or a CJ Stroud, or, uh, maybe even a Sam Howell earlier in the year, Matthew Stafford, I would play all those guys, uh, over, over Trevor Lawrence this week. Yeah, I was going to choose him as my sit of the week, and I saw that you had already taken him. So I'm totally with you on Gotta that one. Got to be quicker than that. <laughs> I do, yeah. I don't know how you do yours so fast. It took me like an hour to do mine, at least. Um, But my uh, quarterback that I'm sitting this week is going to be Baker Mayfield versus the Packers. Uh, Baker's been having a pretty good year. He is quarterback 15 overall, but this week he's playing the Packers. Pretty stout passing defense. They're top 10 in the league at this point. And against quarterbacks, they do pretty damn good. They only allow, on average, 214 yards per game. And they've only had three games where they allowed more than one passing touchdown. And those three games were two passing touchdowns each. I said that in a weird way. But they haven't allowed more than two touchdowns, and they've only done that three times. So uh, pretty good pass defense, I would say. And I'm not touching Baker Mayfield this week. For sure, for sure. Um, My sit of the week, I'm going to go with two... Taco Vailoa against the Jets. So, I mean, honestly, for how explosive this Miami offense has been this year, you would think that Tua should be like a top five fantasy quarterback, should be an absolute star. Somehow, some way, he's only sitting as the QB12, so barely starter status. But this week, I'm going to be looking elsewhere. I mean, the Jets passing defense specifically is almost unbeatable. Um, they're only giving up 13.4 points per game to quarterbacks and the Dolphins and Jets just played a couple of weeks ago and Tua was only able to muster up 8.82 points in that game. He threw two picks. He lost a fumble. This is just a matchup that I don't think he's able to overcome. And so I got to be sitting Tua this week. Your shit cut out a little bit there. Did you cap it off right there, or what did you say? I certainly did. I said two should be. I don't know what the last part you guys heard. Uh, He only had 8.82 points, two picks, one fumble, too tough of a matchup. Sit to it. Gotcha. They'll hear it on the podcast, but the the stream didn't get it over to us. Weren't we talking about this on on Monday? What's with all these late-year division matchups? They're playing the Jets again, and they just did three weeks ago. Yeah, the NFL likes doing that. It's one of the it it draws more attention uh, because when you play a team back to back, like so close together, it's really hard to make adjustments in such a small time frame. And it's just one of those things It helps keep playoff races tight, division races tight, um, just more intrigue overall for the league. Definitely got me intrigued. Yeah, and you know, getting back to Tua real quick, we saw them struggle mightily against a, a physical defense. Uh, it could happen again this week. Jets are another physical team. Um, you know, we we kind of expected them to come out and and play well, or at least consensus expected them to come out and and kind of dominate the Tennessee Titans. But obviously, this team does have some vulnerabilities, even with all that speed and talent on offense. So. Uh, I like that. I like that pick of Tua. Um, all right. My running back start of the week is going to be James Cook versus the Dallas Cowboys. Um, since the Bills made a change at offensive coordinator, um, Cook has vaulted up in fantasy uh, value. Was a disappointment for most of of the season, uh, but since uh since Joe Brady took over play calling duties cook has averaged 20 fantasy points per game with at least 16 points in each of uh, the three games he was a uh, RB1 each time uh in every single one of those games and just last week finished as the overall running back 3 um he's topped 100 total yards in four straight games uh now the Cowboys have been tough against the run uh, most of the season, but they've allowed 4.4 yards per carry since week 10. So they've, they've loosened up a little bit here in the back half of the season. 
So uh, even though it's a tough matchup that might be scaring some people away, I am still playing James Cook with with total confidence. Good old James Cook, man. It's nice to see him even in like, the position where we can have him as a start of the week. Um, my start of the week this week at running back is a little bit of a cop-out. It's Derrick Henry. I was struggling to find someone. I just kind of <laughs> threw this in there. He's on a chair right now. Three games in a row, two touchdowns in each game. Um, the only way I can really defend myself of like having him as my start of the week is there are times this season, uh, notably like three or four games, where he wasn't start-worthy. Um, I think we're getting to the part of the year we've seen it in recent years in his career where towards the end of the season, Derrick Henry gets going and the ball is already rolling. So you got to, you know, get it while the getting's good. Derrick Henry, obviously starting the shit out of him against the Texans. Yeah, I mean, yes, sir. he certainly ha- hasn't had the consistency this year as we've seen from him in the past. Um, but overall, I mean, he's you can't keep him out of the end zone. Um, when they're when they're at the goal line, you know he's getting the ball, and whether it be in a straight handcuff, they use him a bunch in the in the wild card or the wildcat offense at the goal line. He's even been known to throw a couple jump passes for touchdowns. I mean, one way or another, this dude just finds a way to way to score. Yes, he does. Back Tyler on his yours. throne, for sure. Uh, my start of the week, I'm gonna go with DeAndre Swift against the Seahawks. Swift, honestly, he came out of out of the gates. Super hot. Looked like he could have been one of the steals of the draft um, over the first probably five or six games of the season, but significantly cooled off as of late, um, scoring less than nine points in four four of his last five games. But this feels like a get right game for DeAndre Swift. Um, the Seahawks, just to be completely honest, their defense is terrible all all across the board. They're really really bad against running backs. So over twenty three points a game given up, um, and the second most touchdowns on the season. This just seems like a game where they can pound DeAndre Swift and he's just going to rack up easy yards because we don't hit anybody in the backfield. I mean, <laughs> love the Seahawks, but goddamn, their defense is hard to watch uh, most of the time. So, yeah, DeAndre Swift should have a have a big game and, and get back to, to, you know, I would say a high-end two type of running back status this week. That's not good because I'm playing him in a couple leagues, so. I don't like to hear that, Tyler. Well, if it makes you feel better, I was going to make DeAndre Swift my start of the week until I realized I chose mine too late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not good, James. All right. Uh, my sit of the week. Uh, so I had James's cook as my start of the week, my personal chef. Now for my sit of the week, I'm going with James's Connor. Uh, against the San Francisco 49ers. So last time we saw James Conner, he uh, hey, had a pretty good performance, actually, against the Steelers. But uh, I think a lot of that had to do with the favorable game script. Um, the Cardinals were – or they had a two-score lead over the Steelers for much of that game. So we saw a lot of James Conner. I really don't believe that's going to be the case against the Niners. I think the Niners uh, will probably walk all over them. Um, and, uh, the Niners on the season have allowed the fewest rushing yards and second fewest fantasy points per games, uh, per game. Um, Connor scored single digit fantasy points in the last five, uh, Cardinals losses that he played in. And he's yet to reach 20 receiving yards in a game this season. So I think if you have another option, I would be looking to, to pivot off of, uh, James's Connor. Uh, it's just a really tough matchup. I think they're going to get beat by a lot and you're kind of just relying on garbage time fantasy points. I think if you're starting James Conner this week. And even then, I mean, those garbage time points have to come through the air in order for, for that to really, you know, uh, happen. It's surprising how little they've used him in the passing game this year. Uh, I mean, his first couple of years in Arizona, that was like his main fantasy driver was that like he was a hell of a pass catcher out of the backfield. They used him a ton. And this year is just completely different. I wonder, is that just from the probably just, I guess just from the, the offensive coordinator change going from probably 
uh, what's his nuts last year to to the new system, the new scheme this year. I don't remember any of their names right now. I don't pay that much attention to the Cardinals. <laughs> Honestly, Cliff that, that'd Kingsbury. Be my... Well, he call, does he call the plays? Well, Cliff did, and then the head coach this year was it Steichen, and he's an offensive guy himself. So I'm sure I'm pretty sure Steichen is also calling the plays. Oh, I got you. Um, so I did a little research while you were talking about it, and it's not really like any other running backs stealing receptions. They're they're just not really throwing to their running backs that often. So yeah, it, it's got to be the change in uh, who's calling the plays. I mean, the other guy uh, that's even Michael Carter's getting a, a little bit. Demarcado doesn't even really see targets when he plays. Um, maybe like two or three a game. So, yeah, probably the offensive play caller change. Uh, what are we doing here? Oh, running back sits, right? <clears throat> Starts. Oh, yeah, sits. Sorry. We're on sits now, yeah. Okay, so I'm sitting Kenneth Walker versus the Vikings. Um, As we know, what? Walker came back from it. Wait, did I get that one? <laughs> yeah. Kenneth Walker's playing the Eagles. Okay, I'm not going to have a running back suit of the week because apparently. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was I looking at? Weird. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I guess Ty, just do yours because I, I, I fucked that up somehow. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I, I don't know how that happened, but. Um... Oh, that's funny. All right. Well, uh, I guess I'm up. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I'm going to. Sit a combination of Clyde Edwards Lair or Jarek McKinnon, whichever one you have, against the Patriots. Obviously, this is a little contingent on Isaiah Pacheco not playing. He didn't practice on Wednesday. We'll see what happens the rest of the week. I think if Pacheco does play, I think I would still be safe to play him. And the reason for it is because he's such a physical runner and I think he can wear down a defense. But Clyde Edwards Lair and Jarek McKinnon are just not physical guys. They are finesse guys. And the Patriots. The one thing that they've been known for the, the entire tenure of Bill Belichick is being a hard-nosed defense that like to hit people. And they, they can play a little nasty out there. I think that's going to just take CEH and Jarek McKinnon just completely out of this game. Um, unless one of them you know scores a, a, a garbage-time touchdown or maybe finds a little bit of, of room you know in the passing game. I just don't see either one of them be able to have this ball or have a good game in this uh in this matchup and i think the patriots just bully them yeah can you even classify clyde as a as a finesse guy or is he just just a guy (laughs) yeah yeah he's probably more just a guy (laughs) he kind of reminds me like latavius murray without the consistent production like you see him run and you're just like it's good enough but like there's nothing that stands out to you at all about like his attributes. Uh, yeah, he's he was a waste of a first round pick for many people a couple years ago, including me. They they fooled us. They did. We were in. <laughs> that, yeah. Uh, all right. Um, my wide receiver start of the week. Uh, for the first time this year, this guy gets on our list. Uh, the Wisconsin Debo. Jaden Reed. Get the fuck out of here, dude. <laughs> uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, another big game. Uh, he ran four times for 38 yards and a touchdown on the ground uh, while receiving a team-high 10 targets and producing eight catches for 27 yards. So not a huge receiving line, uh, but especially in full PPR, Jaden Reed is is – inching his way into almost must-start territory. I, I think he's the most dynamic uh, playmaker the Packers have, um, and they're giving him more and more opportunity every single week. Uh, last week, season-high 20.5 fantasy points. Uh, he's cleared 15 fantasy points in four of his last five. Um, I think he'll he'll do it again this week against the Bucks. They've allowed the third most yards to receivers and fifth most fantasy points per game to the position. Uh, I think, you know, the Packers are going to feed Reed a lot. 
in a lot of creative ways. So, uh, yeah, I like Jaden Reed as a really nice flex option this week. Are you worried all at all about his injury designation? He didn't. Uh, well, he did practice today, limited the ankle injury. Uh, no, not worried about it. I mean, if, yeah, as man. long as if he's already practicing limitedly on a Wednesday of the week, I think he's pretty safe to be in the starting lineup. I don't know, man. This newer generation is built a little different. You know what I'm saying? It'll <laughs> make them like they used to. I mean, that's a fair point. But even in the NFL, I feel like if you're practicing on a Wednesday, you're you're playing on Sunday. Unless something goes terribly wrong, uh, I think he'll be fine. Yeah, I, I thought the same. But I figured I'd throw that out there. Um, my wide receiver start of the week. Also, for the first time this year, I believe to grace us i'm going a little deep on this one uh jacoby myers raiders wide receiver going against the chargers as we spoke about a little bit earlier in this episode Devonte adams um dealing with an illness i think adams is probably going to suit up but he's going to end up being more of a a decoy and just kind of be on the field jacoby myers is surprisingly been pretty damn good this year if i remember right he was uh i got it right here uh Wide receiver 26 right now in a half PPR league. And he's getting good amounts of targets. Obviously, the quarterback situation kind of sucks. But uh, they are playing the Chargers this week. One of the worst pass defenses in the league. And I think Jacoby Myers, I mean, easily could get at least eight targets. Uh, hopefully six catches because he usually catches most of the balls thrown his way. I think he's going to have a pretty good week this week. Watch Devontae have his flu game. <laughs> I, mean, I, I honestly would not be mad about it, but I could totally see him coming out there and just being a fucking decoy. If he just, wants to do his Michael Jordan, then do it. Just throwing the ball to himself. <laughs> that'd be pretty. That'd be pretty epic. But I, I, you can't put it past him. But like Devontae wanted to go out, like I, I don't care if I'm sick. Give me the goddamn ball. Oh, he's suiting up no matter what. He will be on the field. But will they yeah. throw him the ball and game plan for it? Mm. We'll I mean, see. we're still, what, it. four days out from that? I mean, he could get pretty healthy, depending on what this well, sickness is that he has. Well, the Raiders play Thursday night. They play, oh, the, shit. The day this episode goes live. You're so, right. Yeah. You are right. Uh, I did forget about that. So that's a very good point. Um, all right. That would change everything. Jacoby Myers, if they played on Sunday, I wouldn't be doing this with Jacoby Myers, but he is their other wide receiver option who has proven himself to be worthy. Right. They don't want to throw it to Renfro for some reason. They're doing it more, but Jacoby Myers is the obvious guy to, that's going to get the next, I mean, could uh, it, next looks. Could it be more that Renfro just is no longer the player he was a couple years ago? You just shut your dirty, poor mouth right I now. I mean... I know, I mean, he came out of the draft when he was like 25. Like, he was old as hell when he got into the league. He lost his step. He can't do it no more. He had to do his stint in, uh, his stint, his stint in insurance sales, then he went pro. <laughs> That's why he's fucking balding already. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, man, my star of the week. So, my star and sit of the week at, at wide receiver are actually holdovers from last week on an episode that we were unable to record because of, you know, scheduling difficulties. Uh, so I just, I was like, I like both the matchups or I like one matchup, hate the other matchup, blah, blah, blah. Just put it in there. Just kind of change the defenses. But this week I'm starting Tyler Lockett against the Eagles. Uh, this pick is dependent Who's on Lockett? Geno Smith. Tyler's Lockett. Oh yeah. Okay. Just making sure we nice necklace, man. <laughs> it's a heart shape. Um, Lock it. <laughs> it's it's just got a picture of me and Ty- and me and Tyler together, <laughs> just oh, d- down by the river throwing rocks. <laughs> if we were a big podcast, we Shout could like, somehow Kattahoochee. make that happen. Picture you and him, and you just have a locket with your guys' fucking picture. <laughs> that feels hilarious. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Uh, <laughs> all right, but now this start of the week is a slightly dependent on Geno Smith being able to play. His status for the game is up in the air, but because this game got flexed into Monday night, the Seahawks haven't even practiced one time this week. They won't start practicing until Thursday when this episode gets posted. So we'll have to see see what happens that way. But I think 
Lockett is just in a position here to take advantage of an extremely porous, surprisingly so, Eagles defense. They are the worst defense in the league against receivers, the worst defense in the league against quarterbacks. I don't know how that changed in a single season, but it has. Um, And honestly, as many people know, Lockett's been disappointing this year compared to the standards he's put up over the last five years, where he was consistently a top you know, 18 receiver. I think he finished like receiver 15, like five years in a row. Uh, but with the Eagles defense, just not being what, what it was and DK Metcalf clearly going to get the bulk of the attention from the, from the secondary. I think I see Tyler Lockett just finding his way through, through this defense and being Geno's security blanket for this week and putting together a very big game, probably his best game of the year. Whoa. Best game of the year. He's willing to bet, he's willing to bet Tyler's locket on this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put it all in the house. All right. Uh my sit of the week at wide receiver is going to be Jordan Addison against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh on paper, this is a great matchup. Uh if you're looking from a full season standpoint, but uh since week 10, no team has allowed more yards to receivers uh, than the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, and as of late, uh, uh, that's why it kind of looks like a, a good matchup. But as of late, Minnesota's offense has been pretty bad. Um, last week was a big old clusterfuck. Uh, Jordan Addison scored four point fantasy points. Uh, 4.7 fantasy points. Uh, it was his third straight game in single digits. He hasn't reached 11 since week eight. Uh, and he was targeted just once on Nick Mullins, 13 pass attempts uh, after he took over for, for Josh Dobbs. And that was without Justin Jefferson in the game. Uh, so we heard today, Justin Jefferson said he's playing for sure. Um, so I'm just, uh, I'm getting away from Jordan Addison. Uh, a lot of unknowns here. And he's gone downhill since uh, kind of mid-season where he was a real viable fantasy asset. So uh, Jordan Addison, sit of the week at receiver. RIP, man. Yeah, his downfall sucks because he was starting off so good. Um, my wide receiver sit of the week is going to be Calvin Ridley versus the Ravens. Calvin Ridley right now, number 25 wide receiver on the year. Uh, definitely the definition of boomer bust. He's only had seven games with double-digit points out of the 14 games that they've played so far this year. So this guy, you know, he can get you like 120 yards and a touchdown. He can also get you eight targets, four catches, and 26 yards, and no touchdowns. Uh, and so back and forth. And this week, he he plays the Ravens, who are one of the best pass defenses in the league. So I do not like Calvin Ridley going up against the Ravens. I'm fading him. Don't think it's going to be one of his few uh, boom weeks this week. Yeah, yeah, probably so. He's had you know way more duds than booms this year. That's for sure. I mean, seven out of fourteen. That's so volatile. Yeah, I I hate guys like that, and especially going up against a bad defense. I'm not dashing him. Or a good sure, defense, sure. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know bad matchup. Saying. Yeah, bad matchup, good defense. I understand. Gotcha. There we go. All right, my sit of the week is going to be Adam Thielen against the, the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, the way Thielen started off this season, he was the wide receiver four from weeks two to, th- two to eight. He was killing it. Even in a poor offense, he was the one guy keeping that offense kind of afloat. But... Uh, since that time, he's now down to wide receiver 19. He's had less than nine points in five of the last six games. And honestly, at this point, it's not even about the matchup that he has. This is just about the Carolina offense being terrible and seems to be getting worse as the season goes along. Bryce Young looks to be regressing. I mean, nothing offensively for this team is going right, except for Chuba Hubbard, who is actually becoming a fantasy relevant. Um, now, getting to the matchup, this is a terrible matchup for, for Thielen. Um, the Falcons are giving up the fourth, uh, lowest amount of points to receivers on the year. Um, you know, bad offense, 
bad matchup. That just means that Thielen can't be in your lineup. And in all honesty, at this point, Thielen shouldn't be in your lineup the rest of the year. I would not rely on him throughout the entire playoffs, regardless of who they're playing. Yeah, and just to piggyback on that, they played the Falcons in week one, and that was, you know, the portion of the year where Thielen was killing it. Same snap percentage, everything, two targets, two catches, 12 yards. So, I mean, obviously, that's the beginning of the year. Things change a lot in the season, but uh, the Falcons uh, had probably their best defensive game or whatever. They shut Thielen down to his lowest point total of the year, I'm trying to say. <laughs> you got there. You made it. Uh, uh, so I what? Yeah, just what you, no <laughs> point. No points for the guy in that game or whatever. <laughs> uh, all right. My start of the week at tight end is going to be Isaiah Likely, likely to have a big game this week uh, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, we've seen two games of likely without Mark Andrews this season. The first one, he had six targets and scored eight fantasy points. In the second, he had seven targets, went for 83 yards and a touchdown, scored 19 fantasy points. I think he'll finish somewhere in between there, uh, closer to the 19, uh, than the eight. Um, you know, it's clear that he's not Mark Andrews, obviously, but he's still a really big part of this offense and capable uh, when he gets the ball to make plays. So I, I think they're going to continue to feed him um, consistently. Um, and uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they are in the top eight in yards and touchdowns allowed to tight ends since week 10. So uh, I think uh, like likely is a strong start at tight end uh, in the first week of the playoffs. Hell yeah. I love that one, honestly. I've talked about him a few times yeah. on this podcast, but the guy's got a great skill set. Now he's in a position where he's, you know, going to get a good amount of uh, reps in and actually be the starter, and he's doing good. I'd like to see it. Um, Honestly, I still find end. it hard to Oop. believe that they didn't use more two tight end sets before uh, Mark Andrews went out. Like, they are actually two of the best. Obviously, Andrews is their best one, but likely is probably their third maybe fourth best weapon in the passing game like why would you not get him on the field more often and let him and mark andrews kind of play off of each other at the same time why doesn't ha- why that didn't happen or hasn't happened in the past i don't know just a you know an observation i made that maybe todd munkin should incorporate next season oh, yeah, i'm totally with you and if you're listening right now and you haven't really seen isaiah likely play because he, he didn't really get many reps with mark andrews being healthy um, if you can find a highlight reel on the internet, look it up because you'll be impressed. You'll see it and be like, oh, this guy could he could start on a lot of teams. Yeah, I think we talked about that uh, at the beginning of the offseason, you know, expecting them to use a lot of two tight ends with those with those two playmakers. But, uh, yeah, surprising they haven't uh, done that or did that when Andrews was healthy. Uh, Trey, who's your tight end start of the week? Tight end start of the week. Logan Thomas versus the Rams. Uh, if we don't count last week uh, where Logan Thomas put up a dud, he's been targeted pretty heavily in this commander's offense, averaging five-plus targets a game, getting more targets uh, lately. And the Rams are one of the worst teams against tight ends. I don't really like using that stat because, you know, tight end and stats is uh, – you know, it varies so much team by team, but uh, the Rams have been exposed quite a few times by tight ends this year. So I like the fact that Logan Thomas is getting heavy usage and the Rams uh, have proven that they give up a lot of yards to tight ends. So I'm going with Logan Thomas this week. Yeah, and actually the crazy thing about the Rams, too, this has been an ongoing thing for the last three or four years with the Rams. They have consistently been poor guarding tight ends, um, basically in the Sean McVay era. Don't know what it is, but it's just a, a common trend with that defense. Hell yeah, Logan Thomas. <laughs> All right. My star of the week, Trey's McBride. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> what? He's playing the Niners, and 
I that's my wife me. you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Keep my wife's name out your <laughs> fucking <laughs> mouth. Whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa! I'm saying good things. Why am I making jokes? I'm saying good things here. But hey, if you need to walk the eight miles, get over here and slap me in the face about this, it's fine. <laughs> Call me Eminem because I'll just catch me doing eight mile. All right, <laughs> Perfect. Now, hey, listen, I can understand not wanting to put Trey McBride in your starting life this week because you're playing the Niners. Like, One of the best defenses in the league. Out your fucking mouth. <laughs> <laughs> here he comes, dude. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That sounded actually just like it did on the Oscar. That was awesome. That was actually me going eight miles and yelling that <laughs> as I came through your door. <laughs> I got my I got my dog Moose all all excited. I was like, "What? <gasps> What's happening? Don't know." Moose, you got a few words you want to say? No. All right. Yeah, he, he's mute. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Um, so I again I understand not wanting to put McBride in against the Niners. Really, really tough defense. But I'm just here to here to remind people how good McBride has been. Um I honestly don't care that they're that the Niners are only giving up six point eight points per game to the season. Trey McBride has been too damn good and seeing way too many targets. Since he became the starter, he has at least seven targets in five of the last six games and has clearly become uh, Kyler's favorite target in this offense. Uh, in his starts, he's averaging something like 17 points a game. It's ridiculous. Um, he's getting too much work. Ooh. Don't get scared. Put him in your lineup. Hell yeah. Love to see a fellow Trey, uh, you know, uh, being successful. What am I trying to say? Just uh, whatever. Winning, doing good things. <laughs> I don't know. I I should stop talking. You're right. on fire, dude. <laughs> You're on fire tonight. I'm incredibly tired. I'm sorry. That's why I'm, I'm not going to say anymore. All right. My sit of the week at tight end, Hunter Henry versus the Kansas City Chiefs. These This is for those those point chasers that might be chasing points at the tight end position. Is that what uh, point chasers do? That's what the chasers of points do. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Henry scored two touchdowns on Thursday Night Football last week, uh, but that was on a total of three targets. Uh, he has single-digit points in every game uh, without a touchdown and fewer than six in all but one of those. Uh, Chiefs have given up just three touchdowns to tight ends and rank among the top six stingiest defenses when it comes to yards allowed to the tight end position. Uh, so yes, sit Hunter Henry at tight end. All righty. My sit of the week at tight end is going to be Cole Komet. He is playing the Browns this week, who are one of the stingiest defenses when it comes to tight ends. There's only been three games this year where they've allowed more than 49 yards, uh, to a tight end room in total. So we're talking, you know, every tight end on the team. One of those times was Mark Andrews when he was healthy. Obviously, he's going to do pretty good. Um, the uh, the next time, Mark Andrews. And the last time it happened was with Evan Ingram, who's been on fire this year. Other than that, they've basically been shutting guys down to less than 35 yards. And I'm not liking Cole Komet this week against the Browns. His usage has been good, but he doesn't get red zone targets. He doesn't really score touchdowns. And in a game where you're playing a team with such low yardage um, allowances to tight ends, I, I don't trust Cole Komet. So unless he scores a touchdown, I don't see him being viable at all this week. No, for sure. I mean, if he doesn't find the end zone, it's going to be a be a rough week for Cole Komet. Uh, I completely agree with you there. Um, so my sit of the week is going to be Dalton Schultz against the Titans. Schultz is back after missing the last two games with a hamstring injury. He practiced in full on Wednesday and should be looking at a a whole workload uh, on Sunday, which for him is 90 plus percent of snaps. Um, So many, most managers that that did have him or waiting for him to come back from injury are probably immediately just wanting to plug him in. Makes sense. He was a tight end seven before the injury happened. But it's not what I'm doing. The Titans are giving up the second least amount of points to tight ends on the season. And they still have not given up a single touchdown to the position. The only team in the league. So, 
it's just, I mean, that alone, um, we, we know that Nico Collins is going to be maybe out. They lost Tank Dell. We don't know about CJ Stroud yet. There's too many ifs in this offense right now to give me any type of confidence in Dalton Schultz. And I'll go one step farther. Schultz should not be in your lineup the rest of this, the rest of these playoffs. He has the toughest tight end schedule for, for the playoffs I've ever seen. He gets the Titans, second best team, team in the league against position. He gets the Browns, the third best team uh, against position on the league. And they were first until last week when Evan Ingram went crazy on him. Then he gets the Titans again. So in the last two weeks, if you found a better replacement or just any kind of decent replacement for Dalton Schultz, I would keep them in your lineup, sit Dalton Schultz for the rest of the playoffs. Yeah, maybe pick up Isaiah Likely or Logan Thomas. Likely, not likely to be available, but Logan Thomas, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, that'll do it for our start. No, oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't you do that, Timmy. <laughs> Just kidding, no, no, man. No. Let's rewind, because I'm getting crazy this week. Sounds like a homer pick. I am the Raiders fan. But uh, I am doing the Raiders this week as my defensive start of the week. Oh, you're doing them? I'm you're gonna, uh, you're gonna, you're doing, doing, doing the Raiders? <laughs> doing, doing it, dude? Them since I was you're eight. Doing them hard, dude? <laughs> nah, I, I do them softly. Uh, doing them softly. <laughs> this so, yeah, keep in mind with my defense <laughs> of the week, I'm not choosing like. <laughs> that doesn't sound anything like that song. Um, right, let's hear it. Uh, with my defense of the week, I'm not choosing like the team I think is going to score the highest points. I'm trying to choose a team that is going to score start-worthy points and is available. Raiders rostered in 16% of leagues on sleeper. They're playing the Chargers this week. And the... What's going on here? Yeah, so the Vegas... Uh, defense has scored at least nine fantasy points in five of the last six games. And this week they play the Chargers, who are starting their backup quarterback, Easton Stick. Typical backup turnovers are bound to happen. And Las Vegas has proven themselves to be pretty damn capable against lesser offenses. So uh, I really like them this week. And they should be able to pick up, available to be picked up in your most of your leagues. Yeah, I do like the pick. I know it's it's you know a bit of a homer pick, but it's a good matchup. He laid it out perfectly. Very. I'm stinky. a realist, man. It's a homer pick, but I watch this team, and I know what it is. Their defense can be good, and I think this offense is going to be struggling this week as far as the Chargers. So, uh, especially a short week with a backup quarterback who played you know half of last week, I think they'll do pretty damn good against. It. Easton Stick, which sounds like a fucking something you would buy at Baseball Dick's Sporting bat. Goods. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, what is that? That's all I think of every time. All right. Well, that will do it for real this time. Uh, appreciate y'all listening. Hit us up at the FF Fathers on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, good luck in the first week of the playoffs. Go get them. Um, and we will catch you next week for Waiver Wires starts and sits. Uh, again, thanks for listening. Uh, and yeah, we'll see you next week. Adios. What about my kicker start of the week? Get the fuck out of here. Dan Carlson. Yeah, right. Uh, every week. All right. Uh, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>